Welcome to Happy Hour at Home, a podcast about friends navigating adult life in the modern world. I'm your host, Chloe, from Colors of Chloe on YouTube, and today we're talking to a brilliant executive in tech and asking her deep questions about her journey becoming one of the top leaders in the industry. Today's guest is my friend and mentor, Kristen Chen. Kristen currently is a director of product at SoundCloud, and she previously led product and insights at Pinterest, Twitch, and LinkedIn. Before that, she was in consulting at Mahindra Mahindra and in research at Franklin Templeton. She literally looks so perfect on LinkedIn, but that's really only the tip of the iceberg. Outside of her day job, she mentors at First Round Capital. She's an angel investor and a goddess in my eyes, a board member for an education nonprofit, and an advisor for a mental health company for cancer patients. She was born and raised in the Bay Area and is a proud alum of Cornell University. And for fun, she creates cooking content on Instagram and Pinterest. Check her out for some bomb homemade recipes. Let's welcome Kristen. Thank you, Chloe, for the amazing intro. <laughs> I hope I uh, did it justice. I went through your LinkedIn. <laughs> Absolutely. So I wanted to share with everyone how we met. And it was actually, I think, is it a year and a half ago or two years where I used to um, kind of work at this bar slash social club. And then I was at an event that Kristen was at. And I was like talking to friends of friends who introduced me to Kristen at a table. And I was like, man, I'm really struggling getting into product. It's really hard. So then um, so then when I was talking to Kristen, she was like, hey, I, I can just help you if you ever need a mentorship call. And I'm like, what? For real? Like, I'm down. <laughs> and then I shot my shot. And then she was like, she hopped on a phone call with me and we got to talk and I got to um, really get a lot of guidance from her on my career. So I'm very, very, very grateful because I do think it is rare to see Asian women repping the upper management or in leadership who also dedicates themselves to to mentorship and guiding like the next generation. That's pretty hard to find. So I'm forever grateful. Thank you, Kristen. Absolutely. And I mean, look at you, Chloe, product manager at TikTok, one of the hottest companies out there. You did it. I was just a small piece of your story, but I'm so proud of you. <laughs> oh, man. No, 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 no. I feel like I didn't get a chance to hear how you started out. So what got you into product? From the beginning, right? At Cornell, I majored in this major called industrial and labor relations. It actually confused my sister yeah. so much. She thought it was related to agriculture. <laughs> Still people I worked in that, um, which is nothing against agriculture, but um, not a subject I don't, I know a lot about, but um, I remember in, you know, a few years, you know, in college, I just wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my career. And so I picked, picked consulting. Um, I figured, yeah. you know, that's a way to get a ton of exposure to different areas. And I also deeply regretted not studying abroad. So for my first job out of college, I decided oh. to take a job at Mahindra Mahindra, which was in Mumbai. I had never visited before. Yeah. So um, I said, you know what, I can always come home. Why not? Um, if the opportunity is there, might as well just <laughs> take it. Right. And so right yeah. after college, I went there, worked in strategy and operations, um, ended up coming home uh -huh. to the Bay Area after a year, and then still did not know what I wanted to do with my life. And then worked at Franklin Templeton in a rotational program. Mm -hmm. I figured, let me try this rotational program since I still don't know what I want want to do. And that's how I got into research. And I remember I used to wake up at 6 a.m. or even 4 or 5 a.m. because it was market hours. It was um, crazy, oh, right? Trading man. hours. And 
it was fascinating. We used to do a lot of different economic research and meet with different people from central banks or Ministry of Finance of different countries around the world. But when I want to hang out with my friends, they, you know, they worked at Google or Facebook or LinkedIn and asked to get dinner at eight or nine. And I said, wait, that's, you know, past my bedtime. And I remember I had this one friend who he actually studied economics and transition to computer science. And he told me about the role of a product manager, probably in 2011, Uh when I graduated. And I remember him saying, hey, Kristen, you know, if you acquired some technical skills or data skills, you would be an incredible product manager. And at the time, I would just laugh and say, I I don't know what that is. You know, like, I I literally have no idea what it is. Whatever. Thanks for the compliment. (laughs) Whatever. I know, right? I I, I mean, I think if you're in tech, you just, um, you hear that term and you just don't know what yeah. what it is you know what what does that mean and so yeah, yeah, I yeah. only knew about consulting and finance at that point or you know Mahindra is known for making low-cost SUVs and in smaller tractors so I just had none of that background but I mm. remember um he encouraged me again I was at Franklin Templeton and I think my um job title was research associate and I kept kind of putting it off I was like oh I'll learn something on the side and maybe transition to tech and Brian, his name's Brian Lynn. He's from Cornell. He was just like, Kristen, you work in the Bay Area. What are you doing? Just come work in tech. You don't need to have skills already. You can learn them on the job. You just need transferable skills. You know, you're smart. You'll pick yeah. it up. And he just said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to submit your resume and refer you. Just, just try it. And oh. so he submitted me to a job called, I think it was called Research Associate, but it was really around survey research, which I had no background uh-huh. in. And Luckily, uh-huh. the recruiter, um, this amazing recruiter, Heather Garner, she pulled my resume out and actually called me back and said, hey, I I saw you apply. You got referred to this, but have you ever thought of this team called the Insights Team? We have mm. these, this role called Insights Analyst. And I mean, me, no tech bank, I said, what, what does Insights, you know, what does Insights mean? I have no idea. <laughs> I still think, yeah, <laughs> companies, right, use that to mean so uh-huh. many different things. So you always got to ask. But um, she said, we love people who have consulting or finance backgrounds and want to transition to tech. We're just looking for people who have a mix of analytical skills and then also yeah. skills to work with um, different stakeholders or clients um, and present, et cetera. And so I said, all right, let let me go for it. Um, I did not know SQL, which was a requirement for the job, but I oh. convinced them <laughs> that I could pick it up quickly and you know, gave so many examples of, um, I guess, things I learned. And I guess I'm answering a question a very long way, Chloe, but LinkedIn is where <laughs> I um, learned about product management because on the Insights team, mm-hmm. it was a mix of data and analytics for LinkedIn's B2B businesses. And then I'd actually you know, work really closely with the sales and marketing teams and then work with LinkedIn's biggest clients to help them understand how to use LinkedIn's data to um, you know, improve their hiring strategies or sales strategies or marketing strategies or learning strategies. And then I noticed that we would try to then automate the insights we we're doing. So we'd actually build these internal tools for sales and marketing. And then I noticed that when I built really cool ones, then I would work with the LinkedIn product management team and they would actually put them into tools like Talent Insights or um, Sales Navigator itself. And so that is how I learned about product management. And I think I told myself, wait a second, you know, I'm I'm doing this at a small scale, but I think I really want to do this at at a larger scale. And then you got in. Yes, but that, yeah, that was rough. I will be super honest here. It was rough and I gave myself... Transitioning, right? Yeah, transitioning was hard. I gave myself six months to a year. So maybe at the end of 2016 or beginning 2017, I made up my mind and said, okay, I'm going to transition. I know that I don't want to stay in 
insights forever because I kind of saw this path forward where I'd have to be a people manager to go up. And I think for me, Mm -hmm. I, I've never, I never was someone who said, Oh, I must, I must manage a team or I, I have to become a people manager next. I always thought of, you know, finding a role that I really loved or a function I loved and then thinking about growing as an individual contributor, I see, or then growing into a people manager. And I think insights, it was a great learning ground, but I just didn't feel like that was the right long-term career path for me. And so I was still looking and I actually took a step back and said, you know, I have these assumptions about what I think product management is. Um, Data science also seems interesting. And then I've heard this term called BD. I don't really know what that is, but let me check it out. And so I gave myself six months to a year and I started out just conducting these informal interviews and coffee chats um, with people on your network, random people I've met at LinkedIn, um, just to learn about what each role was. And I think what really helped me too was I would also ask any product manager I met or folks in data science or BD about the cross-functional partners they worked with. And then Mm. I do this kind of 360 degree like view of the role. So also I went and had coffee chats with product marketing managers or engineering managers. Wow. yeah, I'd ask. Deep. Yeah. And because I was like, I want to know all the good parts. I want to know the bad parts. I want to know about the best product managers you work with and the worst ones. So I don't become like that. Um, but I think the biggest challenge I faced was that product managers work really closely with engineering and design, data science, um, PMM, you know, so many different functions. But in my day to day at LinkedIn, I mostly worked with the sales team and business analytics. I did not work with uh-huh. engineering product or design super closely. And so I knew I just had this big gap. And I guess um, one of my PM friends told me later, he was like, oh, you did your own kind of mini user research on becoming a PM, You right? honestly did. Yeah. So that's what I did. And I think, um, you know, I read all the books I could find. I asked people for advice. And I was actually think trying to understand, you know, could I break into product directly from insights or would I need to go to, I think in my head, I was, I was wondering, oh, do I need a software engineering background? Do I need to go to get a master's degree or MBA or go to coding bootcamp or yeah, what, you know, what do I do? Do I Big take questions. the general assembly course? Do I go to product school? And <laughs> I know, right. Yeah. There's so many, I mean, I think even today there's so many different courses out there and when you don't know, it's hard yeah. to know if it's legit or not. And unfortunately I think a lot of them, you know, some are super legit. Some of them um, you just don't know and they're not vetted. So, and they're very, very expensive. And so I was just like, I, you know, I can Google, but I need a little guidance. So my mentors um, and friends really, really helped. And I, one of my friends said, Hey, Kristen, um, her name's Julie. She's about, um, I think I met her at Cornell and she graduated four years above me. And she just said, Kristen, you can do it. You have a data background, you know, product involves so much data driven decision-making and you learn quickly. Like, why don't you just try to break in before you, you know, go to do those courses or go back to school, like just try and see where the market levels you. Right. And so I said, Hey, you know, the worst thing that can happen is they say no. And I actually uh-huh. applied um, to a bunch of interviews um, that I didn't, I think there's questions on this, but I, or whether or not some people say, Oh, you shouldn't do that. But I don't know. I'm a big believer in you got to put yourself out there and see what happens. And so I applied to a couple product manager, associate product manager interviews or product intern, you know, anything, everything um, bef- before hitting up my network, just to, Dip my toe in the water, get some practice. I got completely destroyed in the beginning. Like it was oh, bad yeah. just on the phone. As we just, all do. Yeah, exactly. But nothing beats a real sweaty. interview, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yes, the sweaty palms, like my voice was cracking. Um, I totally was I turning red, sweating. I just, 
Oh, you know, those questions. Oh my gosh. But even though they were really rough and I definitely felt, you know, embarrassed or ashamed, I was like, okay, let me keep my head up. I'm going to write down the question. I'm also going to ask the person and just be straight up. Oh, you know, could you give me some feedback? How could I answer that better next time? What are you looking for? Some people will give you feedback. Um, some people can't just because of company policy, but I wrote down every okay. single one of those questions and just practiced. And I take them to my PM friends and say, hey, how would you answer this? <laughs> Teach me. And I think over the course of those months, I started getting to final rounds where, and I did yeah. every single project I got, um, you know, those take-home projects. I don't do, do as many anymore, but at the beginning I said, I will do every single one and just try my best. And I finally started getting to final rounds where they'd say, oh, you know, we loved you. Hang in there. Um, we just had to go with someone with previous experience, but don't give up. And oh, yeah, that was kind of my light bulb that told me, okay, it's time to hit up my network. Um, and so I got my yeah. job at Twitch because my very good friend, um, Charmaine, referred me to Twitch. And she was, um, I think she was in product there at the time and managing a team. And and then, I mean, I had a lot of different referrals, but I had, I just want to share this really great advice from my, one of my mentors, um, Nathan yeah. Joka at LinkedIn. He's a director of product management in the marketing solutions org there, but mm. he told me to really think about um, my next move beyond just transitioning to product, which I know, I know, right. It seems so overwhelming. It's like, wait, I'm, okay. I'm trying to deal with switching right now. How can I even think about the future? Um, I don't even know if I'll get in, but yeah. I think it was really important because he told me that, right, like think about this first opportunity in the context of what you want to do with your career. And so he shared that he saw a lot of people, you know, scrambling to switch into product management. I still feel like there's a couple of job titles that people think are super sexy, but we could definitely get into the nitty gritty of, you know, the fun parts yeah, yeah. of PM and the not so fun parts. I mean, I'm sure you know too, Chloe, but, yeah. but right, I'm, I think, yeah, where I was going with that is, um, he told me he, so many people are just like trying to switch without really knowing, um, you know, the tough parts of the job and yeah, the long-term game. Exactly. And he saw a lot of folks from LinkedIn jump out, take kind of just any product manager job they could perhaps at a startup or mm -hmm. somewhere else. And then they would try to come back to LinkedIn and they couldn't necessarily get the interview or get a job back at LinkedIn because they didn't have that right kind of framework and foundation and experience. And so mm -hmm. he said, you know, if it, if, working at a big company matters to you, make sure you go somewhere to learn about like product fundamentals and foundations yeah. because it will make that transition just so much easier. Also, he said, you know, it's okay to go to startup. Just make sure that you are learning from folks at the startup who have learned these best yeah. practices or think in this, in this way. So I think that was really helpful to me because at the beginning, honestly, I, I thought I, I was ready to take like a product intern job, associate product manager, et cetera. But it Twitch, oh, yeah. yeah, I like, I was like, I will do anything. I like no ego, just ready to work hard and learn. But I was able to transition into Twitch as a senior product manager because they happened to have a role for an insights and data PM that matched my skill set really well. Um, oh. And I don't tell many people this, but the, the best part was that I... I just somehow was so sick of insights by the time, you know, at LinkedIn that I actually didn't want to do it. At the beginning, I was actually really 
frustrated and said, no, you know, I'm, I've been working on insights for forever. I just, I want to do something new. I can't, I can't believe this. Like what? Um, I know, but I mean, that was inside. And so I, I think the funny thing was, um, actually at Twitch, it was an identity role. I realized this later was actually an identity role. But when I got there, they were like, oh, we have a little data problem. Can you look at it? Actually, can you build out insights product portfolio? And said, okay, sure. I I could do that. And it actually, my sister was, she's younger than me, but she was like, Chris, and come on, like, you know, it's actually a blessing in disguise, you know, insights. And so you can transition much easier because now you can just learn how to be a product manager. You don't have to completely start from scratch. So even though at the beginning, um, I was a little frustrated, it did help me get transitioned at a much higher level straight into that senior product manager title. And um, I will Oh my gosh, thinking back, I definitely negotiated (laughs) for that title. And I was scared because I mean, I knew I didn't have product experience. I wasn't a product manager at LinkedIn, but I said, you know what? My skills are valuable and I have to advocate for myself. And I think the biggest lesson I give right to a lot of women, especially it's like the worst thing they're going to do is they're going to say, no, like we have to ask, we have to advocate for ourselves. Dude, you went balls to walls. Yeah, I know. (laughs) You went all the way. (laughs) And I have a confession. So my, um, you know, we could get into negotiation later, but when I did my negotiation call, which I actually, um, I, yeah. I have a younger sister. She's about three and a half, Lauren Chen, three and a half years younger. And I had her come listen. She worked at LinkedIn with me at the time and I had her come listen to the call so she could learn how to negotiate. Yeah. And wow. I, yeah, I pushed them hard on everything, right? You have to remember titles negotiable, your salary, um, signing bonuses, refreshers, everything's on the table. So why not, why not go for it? Because everything, once you're in that company, all of your raises, promotions, et cetera, will be based off that first negotiation. So that's where you have the most leverage and power. So man, you went through quite the journey to get into product, but then when you actually got in, were you immediately like, dang, this is for me? Or were you like, dude, what? Oh my gosh. Um, My first two weeks at Twitch were horrific. Um, I will be straight up. Um, There was a, um, yeah, I will. It was honestly, I cried my entire first weekend. I just to be super honest because I, you know, I was so excited. It was my first product job ever, but there was another, um, woman who was on the biz ops team that um, I guess maybe she wanted to break in into product and had her eyes set on the role that I was just hired for, which I don't understand. Oh, there were so many other um, roles open. And what? I think what made yeah. me so upset to it, it was another um, Asian woman. And I love supporting, oh, no. I know I love supporting other women at work. Um, I, you know, I go out of my way to do it to sponsor, et cetera. And so I think I was just so shocked because I had worked so hard to break up into product and then yeah. to walk into this situation. Um, and I think first I, I tried to be super nice, um, et cetera. And then I realized, you know, that, you know, that wasn't working and I just had to set boundaries and I prefer not to kind of come off the bat being super tough and firm, yeah. but I just had to in that, in that environment. And I mean, now sometimes people, you know, they see my LinkedIn and they say, Oh my God, like that was, like, look at your career, et cetera, but it doesn't show all kind of the grit and the hard part. So I literally cried my entire first weekend. I had to write a product spec. I had to do my working backwards document. Um, my friend at work said, Hey, Kristen, I know this is not an, a smooth onboarding, but you just got to assert yourself and, um, stand up for yourself. And I said, All right, let me do this. And luckily I lived with my sister at the time and she gave me, um, she gave me a pep talk and, 
I kind of powered through and did it. And I initially didn't even want to tell other people what was going on at work, but I opened up to my mentor who had referred me and was in the product org. And she actually helped me navigate that situation really well and gave me a ton of support. And I just thought it was so silly because I was like, wait, if you, you know, if you wanted to switch to product, I'd be more than happy to help you. But Going kind yeah. of toe to toe with a new person, not a good idea. How yeah. is she like, I don't know, antagonizing you or? Chloe, it was, you know, from the very first one on one, she's kind of talking down to me and ordering uh-huh. me around. And she told me I had to have one on one meetings with her every week and give her a status update about my project. And I was like, wait, I know that this is not, you know, I came from LinkedIn. The BizOps org is amazing. And I was like, I know that yeah. from all my conversations, this is not how products should work with BizOps. But I also had some vibes where yeah. I was like, wait, this is just not how, you know, you talk to other people or work with them. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. no matter what level, I never try to talk down to um, anyone. And so I think that was kind of a, a tell. And even my manager was like, wait, why is she trying to order you around and make you give her stats updates? So like, weird. And she even kept trying to talk to my engineering team directly, which was super weird, right? It's like, we know your product manager to PM is really interfacing with the engineering team. It was so awkward. And I think where I struggled was, you know, I was so new and I was like, I know in my gut, this is wrong. Um, and I don't, mm. and I know, you know, like when that happens, you just have to deal with it. And I was like, yeah. I got to step up and advocate, um, for myself or it's only going to get, get worse. Right. If I don't stand up yeah, for yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh. yeah. So luckily it, oh, yeah, it, it all worked out, but, um, it was, it's almost more of like, oh, I just wish that never had to happen or especially to anyone Wait, starting a new job. Out? So it worked out in the sense of I gave the feedback and stood up for myself. And then um, essentially my mentor kind of flagged it to her director. And I think even she wasn't. Yeah, I know. And I think also some other folks at the in the product org had some issue with her. And I think it was either the person she was working with. And so I was glad I spoke up because otherwise I would never have known or had those conversations. And she actually wasn't able to switch into product at Twitch because of that. And I just thought that was, you know, not not a good move, right? It's like, why would you kind yeah. of like bully someone new who's who's joining or compete? Like, it's just, especially I see this at work, it's right? Like, cool. yeah, it's like as you were saying, it's like women should lift each other up. Like, let's yeah. let's figure it out. Um, and there is so much work to be done. That was the craziest thing. I was like, there's so many, you know, different projects that need PM support or et cetera. Like it. It just doesn't make sense to compete over, over the same, over the same thing. But, um, but yeah, that's how I worked it out. And I think my only lesson really was I was trying to tough it out by myself maybe for a week. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm so new. I need to, I need to talk to my manager about this. I need to talk to my friends at work or other PMs to understand what to do. And all of them like came together to support me, which was really, um, really fantastic. That is fantastic. And then so you you resolved that. Yeah. And then you started to get the hang of things and you're like, damn, I'm baller. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Sorry. I totally <laughs> went into tangent and didn't answer your question. But yeah, I think no I just was like, you know what? I got to prove myself and it's my first product job, but I'm going to dive in. And I think starting off, I really loved learning about Twitch and Amazon's kind of working backwards process from customer needs. And yeah. one interesting thing was their culture is very kind of documentation heavy, which I love because, you know, at so many places, everyone's like, wait, why isn't there more? There's usually just not enough documentation and it helps keep things organized. And um, I think that, 
you know, Amazon, they're obsessed with user needs, customer centric, et cetera, which is what I care a lot yeah. about. Um, I love talking to whoever's using the product, learning about their problems, et cetera. And so it was just so, um, fun to start talking to game developers, um, different streamers, different Twitch viewers. And I think as someone who's just a gamer, um, growing up and still today when I have time, it was just really a dream yeah. job. And I think, you know, when I launched my, first product um, for insights. It was game developer analytics. I was just like, wait, you know, I love this. All the hard work has paid off. Um, my team really loves working with me. I'd ask for feedback from other PMs and try to learn from them. And I think one really amazing piece of feedback I got from some of the other PMs at Twitch, they were just like, Kristen, if uh -huh. you like, we, if you didn't tell us this was your first time, we wouldn't have never known. Um, and that I was like, oh my gosh, what? what? Oh, highest compliment ever, really? Like, I, I know. And these are from folks who'd worked, you know, as a PM for a couple of years or at several yeah. different companies. And I think that, um, you know, that just boosted my confidence so much because when you're new, you want to know not just where you can improve. I'm always asking for feedback and yeah. where I can improve, but I'm also just wanting to know what am I doing well? Should I do more of it? And so that was just really, really really encouraging from everyone or people would just be like, wow, this is one of the best PRDs I've, or pro yeah, specs I've ever seen. And I was like, oh, really? This is my, this is my first one. What? <laughs> so that, yeah, that oh. all made me really happy or just seeing how much the, um, my different stakeholders, internal and externals and customers, you know, loved, um, the first product we launched and loved the approach yeah. and the strategy made me feel, um, super excited. And I was like, wait, I could, you know, I love this. I'm, I'm excited. Um, I love, you know, get, you know, yeah. getting my hands dirty to launch this. Um, I love bringing people together. I love problem solving. And I also love being able to think strategically. And I think product management is one of those roles that allows you to use all of those skill sets. But I think most of all, mm -hmm. I just love, um, you know, working with people and collaborating. Um, which is so important for product, right? You're not managing, um, and, or in a IC product manager role, you're not managing anyone. Everyone needs to work with you to get things done. I feel like you have really good best practices from your previous experiences in research, mm -hmm. in consulting, in insights, and you brought that over to PMing. I feel like people who don't have that background are not as thorough. Yeah, you know? I learned so much of the foundation there, to be honest, um, and mm -hmm. com yeah, completely agree. And I think before, it's funny, I used to be so upset and wonder, especially when I was trying to transition you know oh my consulting background's hurting me or my data background's hurting oh, me and yeah, it yeah, yeah, actually you. right it turned into be um like just having the my insights strength. and data background right it turned out to be my strength I was yeah. shocked and I used to kind of downplay that and I was like wait why like this was just in my head right um so at every phase of your career or every big milestone what were some of the biggest takeaways this is a great question and I'll try not to be too long-winded. Okay, I'm going to start from the beginning and take us into the present. Okay. So Franklin Templeton, <laughs> my biggest learnings there were that you can learn anything. And so I uh -huh. ended kind of my rotation and got a permanent position in this group where they said it was impossible to take anyone from this rotational program, right? I, I think I just learned, you can learn anything on the job and anything's possible. You know, just try. Worst thing that can happen is no. And yes. they said no one has gone in this rotation for many years and you also need this really intense econ background. Not true. Um, I had a great Not time much. working with um, other PhDs in econ and I learned most of the things on the job. And I got to, you know, lose, use analytical skills. And also they started having me take a lot of meetings with high net worth clients too. And 
this was one of my first jobs out of college. So I think the biggest thing I learned was that I just, you know, if you have the opportunity, you got to seize it and don't let anyone stop you, right? Worst thing, get rejected, mm-hmm. move on. That's fine. <laughs> Try again next mm-hmm. time. Let's see. Next mm-hmm. up is Mahindra. Oh, sorry. Little bit of reverse chronological. So Mahindra, Mahindra. This was actually my first job out of college. But I think for that, I would say if you have the opportunity to work abroad or study abroad, take it at any point. Um, It could yeah. be right out of, in college, right out of college, later in life. Because I think working at Mahindra Mahindra really opened my eyes and I realized that so many of the things I learned growing up in the Bay Area at school at Cornell were just very, you know, U.S. focused and that's just one country in the huge world. And so I loved learning about um, different best practices for business or just about different cultures, et cetera. And I think it was just an incredible learning experience and it really made me realize that there was just so much there to learn and it was um it was a lot of fun and I still remember some small things where um one I think custom was that they said don't be shocked if people just meet you and they start asking you about how old you are or your family or you know a lot of personal questions and I think in the US sometimes yeah. that's you know you're not allowed to ask age or about these other things that's yeah, considered yeah, yeah, yeah. rude right <laughs> it's so different but there um it was actually really um really really fun and it's always reminded me to try to make sure I if my coworkers and colleagues are open to it try to make that personal connection and share about myself or yeah. or learn about them um so big takeaway there and also yeah mm-hmm. don't be afraid even if you haven't visited the country um right like why not try it um Dude, that, my parents that's a huge yeah job. my parents thought I was insane and so did some of my friends but it's fine i'm still here <laughs> it was great it worked out i know i know they're like what are you doing and i'm like it's fine uh, my mom has always been like yeah go see the world why not um, that's why it's here mm-hmm. let's see Adventures. oh my goodness Yes, yes. LinkedIn, um, biggest learning for me was that and was honestly like having a data analytics background or learning about data driven decision making and also data storytelling, right? How to take really complex mm-hmm. information or analysis and really think about telling a, a story and lending on actionable insights with that data is something mm-hmm. that is valuable, I think, no matter what function you work in. When students ask me about switching into product management or, you know, future careers, I always tell them, no matter what you want to do, just learn some basics around data. It's going to help you in your personal life too. So that's one of my biggest learnings. Um, mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Twitch. Um, oh my gosh. So many lessons. What do I, where do I start with? I think my biggest takeaway there mm-hmm. is really, honestly, this might sound cheesy, but that working backwards process from Amazon, starting from your customer needs is something I will you know, think about forever. I'm starting with your user needs or your customer needs and really spending time to talk with them, think with them, brainstorm with them and bring them along into how you build product. Um, that is something I will take with me for, um, for the rest of my life. And I've used it Pinterest and SoundCloud. Pinterest. Oh my goodness. So Pinterest, I actually switched over to Pinterest and made a lateral career move from some context and Pinterest, they were really just starting to think about creators and Twitch was a company that was built from the ground up for creators in their values was put creators first. And even when I worked there, the viewer teams and developer teams were gold in terms of helping creators, which was really fascinating to me. Pinterest, you know, Mm -hmm. total change, um, different user base, um, different kind of focus and really different product. And one of the company values, at least when I was working there was put pinners first and um, I think mm-hmm. this was quite interesting because they realized that they had so much amazing content from creators and some of the best content was coming from creators. And if they didn't invest in this creator 
ecosystem um, those creators would leave to other mm-hmm. platforms. So it was a really exciting time to be there. But at Pinterest, my biggest learning was really understanding how to build at scale with a lean team. And mm. because at Twitch, I was more so working on this kind of zero to one project and had a tiny team and no one had built insights before. But at Pinterest, right, this it was this big humming consumer app. And I really learned um, best practices for experimentation and B2C products and kind of bridging my worlds together for B2B and B2C. Yeah. And let's see, SoundCloud. Wow. Yeah, that's today. So SoundCloud, this, today. yeah, today, I know. Oh my gosh. And I realized I actually started <laughs> in May right around when the pandemic hit. So I've been there for about 10, 11 months and I haven't been in an office. So this whole time has been remote. <laughs> um, remote onboarding is tough. So if you have any friends or colleagues onboarding remote, give them some extra support and love. Mm-hmm. Um, they need it. Mm-hmm. And my biggest takeaway from SoundCloud, honestly, it's my first people management role. I have a lot of experience mentoring, et cetera, but I hadn't directly managed until SoundCloud. And I think that at SoundCloud so far, my biggest learning has really been how to, you know, not only lead my team, but really mentor and coach them and help them um, achieve their goals mm-hmm. and develop a bottoms up um, transparent culture on my creative fan Heck team, yeah. which I'm, I'm really, really proud of today. Um, yeah, they're very lucky to have you. I would be. I'd be oh like, that team, no, I'm one joining. Day, one day, I know we will work together. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so you t- told me kind of the broad strokes yeah. of every lesson through every step. So what was a time in your career that you like felt the most badass and proud? Like you oh really my felt gosh. on top of the world. Honestly, it has to be um, TwitchCon in, I think it was 2018. <gasps> Right. Um, It was like this huge TwitchCon event and it was local in San Jose here. And the day, Uh the first day of TwitchCon was actually Twitch Developer Day. And I was selected Uh to be a keynote speaker and talk about, you know, not just insights, but everything. Oh my gosh. I have to look up. It was, I mean, it was amazing. It was an event. Are you on YouTube? Um, I guess it is on YouTube. The link, it, I think it might be on Twitch or YouTube or both. Um, I did do a lot of public oh, yeah, yeah. speaking on Twitch, but yeah, it was, I was a keynote speaker and I also emceed one of the tracks, which was a lot of fun. It had like oh, 600 sick. people in person, but they also put it on the homepage of Twitch, which is a big deal. And oh. like, I'm pulling up the numbers. It had 17.2K average viewers and 1.4 million oh, unique viewers live, which was, I mean, I think for me, it was one of the biggest moments in my career. I was like, oh my gosh, my first PM job. I'm up here. I'm talking to all the developers, customers, like, mom, I made it. And my parents actually came. Um, I know my mom and dad watched the live show for developer day, but the two other days of TwitchCon, they actually came um, because they're local and I got to spend, you know, the days with them showing them um, what Twitch was about and what I worked on. And so I think that was really the, like one of the biggest moments for me. Did people go up to you afterwards? And they're like, wow, I'm going to go. Oh my gosh. Well, no, I had one friend. I think she, she led um, a big team working on, um, Dead by Daylight. I think that was the name. I might be butchering it. Oh, but yeah, Dead by Daylight. Yes, yes, yeah, Dead, yeah. yeah, Dead by Daylight. And she was like, she yeah. came up to me after and she was like, one of the best confidence ever. She's like, Kristen, I was just listening to everything you say. You were saying it was like you were running for president and I was just cracking up. But it was just such a sweet, um, <laughs> sweet comment. And I felt, oh. I definitely felt really badass. And yeah, a lot of people came up to me and were, were just like, that was incredible, um, amazing. And yeah, I think yeah. also from that and my different talks, 
TikToks, a lot of folks yeah. expressed interest, not just either in Twitch or switching into product. Well, I mean, now you're pretty set in the product path, but then have you ever considered other career paths when being a PM? Like, have you questioned whether this is oh for you definitely or not? I think um, I mean <laughs> I'm I will say I'm I'm human and sometimes in really hard moments and really tough moments yeah. you like I'll just catch myself and say oh my gosh is this right for me or you know am I doing the right mm-hmm. thing should I be doing something else or there's definitely those moments of imposter syndrome and I still remember my uh, one of my directors at Pinterest and I one time we were talking and dealing with a really tough issue at work and we were just laughing and saying you know sometimes do you just think about being like an IC or, or like engineer or designer <laughs> and not having to deal with all, all this people's stuff but you know it's just kind of in passing and so I think that yeah. you know at some moments I I wonder okay like is this the right thing for me or am I qualified? Like those things are in the back of my mind sometime. And then yeah, I kind yeah. of, um, I'm like, nope, like, you know what? I am doing the right thing. And sometimes I just need a pep talk. And my friend the other day was like, Kristen, no, you're baller. Come on. Like, don't like, yeah, like, don't yeah, hold yeah, yourself yeah. back. Remember that. Like, don't let these people push you around. I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, you're right. Thank you. I need it. <laughs> but sometimes in my mind, just as someone who switched so much, I, I just think like, oh, you know, should I, have I been doing this too long? Should I switch and, you know, just try something completely different? Or sometimes I definitely mm-hmm. wonder, do I want to start my own company? Um, I mean, I think yeah. that's actually why I forgot to mention this earlier, why I went into PM into the first place, because I always had these mm-hmm. dreams of maybe doing my own company. And PM is a great role because you're really, um, some people say this, like the mini CEO of your product, or it's going to give you exposure to so many different folks and stakeholders. So I have definitely um, questioned it, but I think at this point, I feel like pretty secure. I'm like, okay, I have, what did my sister's boyfriend sometimes and he's like, Kristen, you got the receipts, like stop questioning yourself. You have the receipts, receipts. you have the receipts to show for it. Um, don't don't question yourself and I think all of us right need those reminders especially when you're down or having a yeah. hard time but um I think I'm at the point in my career where I'm like you know what I I love product um I I have yeah. so much more to learn but I've also developed a really strong foundation and toolkit and prove to myself that mm-hmm. I can teach and mentor others and help a lot of different people transition into the role so um I think it is a viable career path but still sometimes people ask me what I want to do and I'm like I, I don't know what I'm going to do in five years if you asked me if I was going to be here <sighs> five years ago I would definitely not have have said this I know we touched upon this a bit where you can look at someone's LinkedIn and you're like wow this person is just so successful and how did they do this all they're just basically perfect but obviously it's <laughs> not true ever because we only list our successes Absolutely. but uh, were there were there hard moments in your career that you haven't talked about yet where you really want an opportunity, but then that door totally shut down on you. But then maybe later other opportunities. Open. Yeah, uh, yes, pretty hard, it, extremely. Yeah, and yeah. I think so many people reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, I try to do a couple months or a couple calls a month, but I can't get to everyone at once. But yeah. I think that so many of them will often open the conversation with what you said, like oh my gosh, your LinkedIn is like, I was blown away or they were even saying yeah, I was yeah. scared to talk to you because of your LinkedIn <laughs> or I've been matched with a couple of mentees who said my LinkedIn was super intimidating. And I was like, oh my gosh, what? Like, it's I don't think, <laughs> I don't think about that, that at all. It's probably very good because I worked at LinkedIn and knew, learned all the secrets and best practices. So happy to share those anytime. But um, to be honest, right, it's just as you said, it's like you're looking at someone's highlight reel or even when you look at social media, it is a highlight reel. Real. And I think, um, honestly, 
the toughest parts weren't shown. It doesn't show that six year, six months to a year I spent trying to transition to product. And I had people straight up tell me or like almost laugh at me, like, why are you even interested in, in doing that? Like someone on the insights team actually at LinkedIn who transitioned to product at a different company was like, um, why are you thinking about that? Are you just kind of copying me or it, it was so awkward. I was actually shocked oh, someone wow. would say that to me. And I was like, Oh, I mean, That's I didn't so know you weird. had a monopoly on that. I think anyone can be interested in anything. Right. And I have had people just say, there's no way you can do it or, you know, good luck kind of like scoff. Um, and I think oh. it was shocking because, you know, the moment I, updated my LinkedIn with the senior product title manager title at Twitch. Then it was like, Oh, um, Hey, Kristen, like, can I get advice or let's be friends? And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, excuse me. Right. I was like, I'm going to remember exactly how you treated me before. And I definitely made a promise to myself to never discourage anyone like that. I'm just a huge believer in Mm -hmm. anyone can switch to anything. You know, my sister completely switched her career to design. I know people who have been doing a career for 40 years and they decided they want to make a switch. It's just, are you willing to put in the work and the Mm -hmm. the time? So, um, but to get back to your original question, right? I think honestly, those were some of my hardest moments um, when I was transitioning. And don't worry about people who say um, you can't do it. What? So one, just going yeah. all the way back to the beginning, my you don't see this from my LinkedIn, but my internship at Goldman Sachs it was in HR, and I was embarrassed. Oh. That's why I don't write oh. HR. I just say summer analyst on my LinkedIn. Um, but I'll be super honest here, and I just. Remember to, sorry, my second internship was at Goldman, but my first one was at Alcoa. And at the time as a freshman, I was just so proud to have an internship. It didn't matter what it was in. I hustled at the career fair, yeah. handed out, I think I printed like a hundred resumes, talked to everyone. And I was like, wow. I know that um, you only, you mostly do internships for sophomores and ju- and juniors, but like, I really want one. I will like work my ass off. Um, what do I need to do? I'll work in the winter. I'll work yeah. in the summer, anything. Landed one in Alcoa. And yeah. I still remember this to this day. Um, there was someone who I think it was in a treasury position at the time. And my managers in the internship arranged for me to meet um, a lot of different executives because I was in the New York office just to learn about their career path. And yeah. I remember he talked down to me so much and he was like, why are you talking to me? You know, you're working in HR. Why are you trying to switch your career? That's not possible. And I was just shocked. I was like, I'm a kid, right? Like I'm a freshman in college. I'm a kid still. And I was mortified, Chloe. Like I just was like about to cry in the, I know it was so rude. And he was like, why are you switching your career? You're in HR. And I was like, I'm a freshman. Like I got my whole life ahead of me. And he was just like, oh, you're never going to be able to switch. And, um, he had the audacity to email me. I know rude, 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 had the audacity to email me and ask me to give him and his daughter a tour of Cornell. And I was not, I don't know. I was way too nice back then. And I was like, okay, Canceled it. No, no, I well, so canceled on me at the last minute and was like, oh, my daughter got into Harvard. And I was like, okay, like, oh my God, like, you're like, oh, I was like, you're like God. 50. Like, why are you being so mean to me? <laughs> like, I'm like That's almost the same trash. age as your daughter. So yeah, so horrible. But I mean, honestly, like, I mean, <sighs> like, you can probably see it. I remember like every single detail to this day because it was so yeah, yeah, like yeah. shocking. That's mortifying. Like mortifying. Yeah. So I guess like when you look at someone's LinkedIn, like think like there's probably so many challenges and experiences they've gone through that you just don't yeah. um see in there and I mean even at Twitch right my first six months there were six reorgs in my group and I had so many different managers um 
And oh. I had to deal with some really difficult situations, but you don't, yeah, you just see the highlights on my LinkedIn. You don't, you don't see that. A lot of your experiences at the beginning of your career shape how you want to show up every day, but I've never got a chance to work with you. I want to know, what are you like at work? Like, can <laughs> oh I get a sneak gosh. peek into your personality? Yeah, like, how would you describe yourself or how would your peers describe you? How would my peer? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I'm laughing. Let's see. Some people, it's funny. I don't think I'm that intense, but then definitely some folks I've become friends with are like, wait, Kristen, you're, you're pretty intense. But, um, one thing that's made me really happy that um, one of my designers had said, or just different people and one of my mentees, she's like, people have always said that I am really approachable, even though I might seem intense, like I'm really approachable and I never make anyone feel dumb or in fear, like answering questions or teaching them. Um, hopefully you felt that for me through our chats too, but I really, tr- yeah, I really think about that a lot because of my own experiences when people did that. Um, like, why would you do that to someone who's trying to learn? Um, and so, yeah, I think that I definitely, oh my gosh, I'm thinking about my, my fiance will laugh and he's like, oh, people know you're definitely type A. Um, I have a, I really into documentation and I'm in running my meetings and having, you know, notes and everything cleaned up and being organized. So I think they'll see that. I think people would also, oh my God, good at work. What, what did one of the more team said? I'm just good at getting shit done. Um, we did this, yeah. we did this, um, exercise recently and I never heard of it before SoundCloud, but it's called the Belbin roll types. And, um, it was really interesting. Everyone on my team took it and then we kind of saw our preferences and looked at it as a team. And I think mine were shaper and then completer finisher. And then they were laughing because they're like, yeah. Oh my God, like you just get shit done, Kristen. Oh <laughs> so that, that's it. Um, and I think for me, it's definitely like no bullshit. And I just try to tell it how it is and be transparent and right. We have so much work to do. I don't want to waste time on that. Um, I mean, right. Yeah. Like, I mean, every company, there's some elements of politics, but I definitely have made a promise to myself to write, you know, you got to navigate it. You got to play the game to some extent, but I'm not going to step on anyone to get to the top. Like I want to bring my whole team with me and also create like on the areas I can have some influence over like a really transparent bottoms up, um, culture. So I'm proud to say I feel like I've done that on my um created a fan team. And then also I think, oh my gosh, how would people describe me? I, I definitely have gotten a lot of I, I think one of my special skills, maybe this is from gaming, is I can type very fast and also do a whole interview and almost <laughs> type everything verbatim like a court is a court reporter i'm gonna go do a test after this because i'm i'm curious i haven't <laughs> yeah, lost it i know i haven't me. lost a typing test yet but that's something i have fun. a <laughs> i know i know um it's from oh my gosh i don't have it to actually it's in a weird place so i can't show you but i have that dos mechanical keyboard with no key labels uh, yeah. that's my special oh, um, you memorize everything yes, yes i do memorize memorize <laughs> everything yeah, that's nice. Level. I know. So yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. But I, I, I hope I'm pretty fun to work with. I hope I'm pretty fun. Yeah, I know. to work with. I like to keep <laughs> it real. What part of work do you just like freaking hate the most, or your biggest pet peeves when working with certain personalities? Oh my gosh. Okay, so I think for me, it's so funny. So many conflicts just come down to communication. It's not even anything uh-huh. else. It's just like the basics of human interaction and communication. And so what I hate is that when there's a problem or 
you know, if I'm complaining about something, I definitely, I guess my team, that's why my team is like, oh, you just get shit done. I just am like, I don't have time to waste complaining about it. I just let's solve it. Right. Or try to solve yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. why not? If we can't solve it, at least we tried, then we accept it. Right. But I, I don't like to think to, uh, it's really hard for me to interact with people who don't have a growth mindset. Um, I think I mentioned before, like, yeah. I think anyone can learn to do anything or right, like anything is possible within reason or we should explore it. But yeah, right. We want to stay focused and prioritize, et cetera. But I hate when people are just like, it's my way or the highway or they don't even want to mm-hmm. listen. Um, yeah, even tell my team, you know, the best mm-hmm. ideas, especially for product manager, they can come from anywhere, you know, your customers, other people in yeah. the companies, right? Like, we're not like, I definitely have seen some folks in product kind of misinterpret it and think that, oh, I'm in charge, like, I'm in charge of all these ideas. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, no, that's not even like, ego. I, yeah, it's the ego thing. And I think people take this phrase, like CEO of their own product and they think that means they're going to like command people around. And I was like, I would never do that. And I'll even tell my team, I'm like, if you see me acting like this, like call me out on that shit. Like, I don't yeah, want to do that. Yeah, That's yeah. not okay. Um, Call me out and keep me accountable. Yeah. But like, right when I transferred into product, people were like, oh, like, how do you like having all this power? And I'm like, okay, that shows me you don't <sighs> understand what product is or good product is. Yeah. Right. And so I think yeah. also just if there's ever a conflict, just sometimes I get people in the room, you know, or grab a coffee chat online, right? In normal times, Mm -hmm. go for a walk, but just talk it out and try to solve Mm -hmm. it um, and see where they're, see where they're coming from and try to get rid of those assumptions. I, I feel like so many issues just could easily be resolved if people did that instantly versus kind of, kind of back channeling, going around, um, better to just solve it, right? Like we're all just trying to do the right thing at the end of the day. Um, like, I agree. Yeah. I know that lots of people are really interested in like progressing their career or mm-hmm. transitioning into product and that's really hard without support. And for people who do want to move forward, it often is said that you should seek out sponsors. Yes. But have you in your career sought out sponsors that re- were really critical to your career progression? I always try to look for someone within the company and outside mm-hmm. um, to get a different perspective. And I think sponsors within your company are essential in if you have an incredible manager, they're also going to be a sponsor, but this is not always the case. And it hasn't been the case for the majority of my career. I just, um, I have had an experience where the majority of my managers were first time managers and it was really, it was really difficult. Um, I mean, they were learning too, and they didn't even have support to learn how to manage. And so I don't, you know, I don't blame them, but it was, it was difficult. And, my managers at um, SoundCloud were just happy to be folks who have been, you know, 20 years experience, 30 years work experience. And they just, mm-hmm. you know, they, it wasn't their first time, their first rodeo. And so they just knew how to be mentors and sponsors for me. Um, but if you don't have that, I think that a colleague can also be a sponsor or someone else in the organization. So Charmaine, um, the person who brought me into Twitch, she was an incredible sponsor for me at Twitch. And oftentimes, right, if she couldn't judge a hackathon, like she nominated me, or if she thought I was a good fit for something, she wouldn't advocate for me and nominate me. So at TwitchCon, I actually was a hackathon judge because she had um some, some other more important things to attend to, but it was an amazing opportunity for me. So it's really great to have people who are keeping your long-term career interests in mind and, you know, areas of growth and searching for those opportunities. So that's something I try to do for my team, but I think also a mentor can do that. I think also it can be a colleague, um, you know, who can sponsor you. And I think especially for women and I'll say to, um, women of color, I, I guess I can speak from my own perspective as an Asian woman, you're often combating these stereotypes, right? Of, 
oh, like mm-hmm. being demure, or I've definitely told to have people tell me, you know, you should keep a smile on your face. And I was like, rolling my eyes so hard. Yeah. Like, come on, <laughs> like, it's 2021, or telling me like, yeah. I need to be nice at work or control my face if I don't like something. And I've been like, wait, like this guy's yelling in the office. And they're like, well, that's part of his personality. But um, not to get into those details, but I had like, I have a great friend, um, Greg, who he just at Twitch, I met him, we actually started the same week. And he's a product manager there. Now he's at Facebook, but he's, he was, he was my peer. And he was an incredible sponsor to me and amplifying my work or just talking with him about struggles. And um, just, you know, in a meeting, like making sure, you know, my work was valued or shown or just saying, Hey, like Kristen's been working on this. I'm opening that space. Um, I've had co- other colleagues at SoundCloud, um, do this for me too. Um, one of my coworkers, Joey is always being an advocate for me in different meetings or even yeah. he'll ping me and say like, wait, Kristen, like you have great things to say. Like make sure you say it. Um, or he'll help me in meetings. So I think having that support network at your company is really, really helpful. And I think especially for, um, I think like women in tech, um, I, I feel like we made progress, but as you can see, there's still so much to be done. Um, that's really, I know that's really important. Um, really, really important. And your sponsor doesn't have to look, look like you. Most of my sponsors haven't. And as a really seasoned mentor, what's something that you always want to make sure your mentees learn from you? And then I also want to know what are the top questions that you get as a mentor from these people? Yeah, I definitely dedicate time because I feel like I wouldn't be where I am today if people didn't take the time to mentor me. Um, whether it was, yeah. you know, a one-time call or on a recurring basis, um, they've all made a really big impact in my career. Mm-hmm. And so I want to make sure I give back, um, especially if we're going to break, right? Like the glass ceiling or the bamboo ceiling. We have, we yeah, have to. Yeah. It's, it's my duty. Um, I think yeah. one thing I always want to try to teach my mentees is, I think one, I've noticed that some of my mentees, especially as I've grown in my career, they worry about asking me questions that they feel might waste my time. And I always tell Uh them, hey, like I'm your mentor. I'm here to help you achieve your goals. As long as you're prepared with questions or you have an idea of areas you want to focus on, like anything is fair game. It could be something as simple as like, let me help you fix your PRD, right? Like that's not wasting my time. Um, right. If we have agreed to that on this mentor relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what I try to encourage them. Like no question is a dumb question. I'm here for you. Um, don't, you know, don't hold back because otherwise you wait and wait and you don't get those questions answered. Um, and yeah. I think I always wanted to, I teach them to advocate for themselves and, um, speak up for themselves and, not and try to just develop their own confidence because imposter syndrome and confidence is something I struggle with yeah, still yeah, 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 today. Yeah. And I think like sometimes you need something external to help you break out of that, right? We're often so yeah. hard on ourselves and right. Like when you told me, oh, your LinkedIn profile is intimidating. I'm like, what? Like, I don't think so. Or, <laughs> oh, like it's not even that good, right? Like that, that's that voice inside my head. And so I try to also mm-hmm. open up about that to my mentees. So they don't only see that um, shiny side. And I guess this leads us into, right, like the top questions. So um, one of the first ones, right, I mentioned how to advocate for themselves, right? Of course, you might have a sponsor. If you have an incredible manager, they're going to advocate for you. But most of the time, they might not have time to, or that's not top of their mind. And mm-hmm. if you also, if you don't advocate for yourself, who will, right? You know the most about yourself. You're going to be the best advocate for yourself. And I always tell my mentees some of the most important decisions about your career 
will happen when you're not in the room. Yeah, yeah right? Like when they're deciding wow. if you get that job or that promotion, that's going to happen. You're not going to be in that conversation. And so part of advocating for yourself is thinking about your own personal professional brand, right? Like what do you want people to yeah. say about you or describe you when you're not in that room? Think about those things and drive that narrative. And also, right, I think advocating for yourself extends to not only negotiating when you're getting that job offer, but also at work, you know, negotiating and asking, you know, and about your career trajectory at the company. What about the next promotion? Um, what about a raise? Yeah. What about a refresher? Um, all of these different things. And I think <laughs> so many times you hear that, um, you know, men might get promoted on potential, but many times women, they have to work their asses off and then do the job mm. and then get promoted. And so that's why I emphasize advocating for yourself, especially for women, um, because if you don't, who else will, right? Yeah. Yeah. Other, yeah. Other top questions. Um, I think navigating a toxic work environment is something that comes up a lot, <sighs> right? I know. I think we've all, I mean, that. yeah, I've dealt with that. Other people have dealt with that. I mean, and also work environment, like you can, you know, there's different companies that are great companies, but you could be on a team that's toxic for you and not a good fit, right? Um, mm -hmm. Like you, it's hard to tell when you just look at a company with like 10,000 people, you don't know about that specific team or situation. Yeah. And so I think um, just in terms of navigating it, right? Like having a support group is very important. And, you know, that could be colleagues you trust. It could also be, um, you know, folks outside just to get a gut check, like, hey, this happened to me at work. Um, you know, am I crazy? Or like, is this wrong? Yeah. Right? Because sometimes these things happen, and especially in toxic work environment, you get so used to it, you don't realize how, yeah. how bad it is. Like you kind of get Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Sometimes I even had that and I needed a wake up <gasps> call. I remember I was one of in, in these, one of these environments and my mentor met with me and just like, wait, Kristen, what? Like, why didn't you call me? Like, why are you still here? Why didn't you call me? We got to get you out of here. And I was like, oh, I, I don't know. I didn't realize it was so bad or I didn't want to bother you. And he was like, no, like, why didn't you text no. me? Like, let's get you out of here. And so I always kind of share that experience because I think talking about it with trusted folks will help you get that perspective. And so many times I've internalized it and it actually over time, like made the situation worse. Um and then I think another question has really been on giving upwards feedback um, or difficult feedback, right? Yes. Um, right. When I think about feedback, you know, it's, it's hard. Um, it's, it's hard, especially when you're giving difficult feedback. So especially, I think this framework works for anyone, but especially for women, sometimes I've often been accused, oh, you're complaining or you're being emotional or, oh, sorry, I hurt your feelings, mm -hmm. right? Not cool. Um, but it happens a yeah, lot. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. And it still happens yeah. today, right? Um, uh, and it sucks. Yeah. And so I think this framework has been super helpful. So I'll always say, you know, start out with just laying out and even write it out and read it off a of paper or send that, send that email uh -huh. and say, lay out like, Hey, here's what happened. These are the facts. Um, yeah. No one can argue with the facts of what happened. And then the second part of that feedback is, you know, this is the impact that it's having on the business. You know, this happened. This is how it's hurting, like productivity or our business, um, XYZ, like frame it for them. And then third, then you can say, this is how it made me or my team feel, right? And uh, I think breaking yeah. it into those three distinct pieces and going in that order is 
really important. Um, I think the second and third could be flipped, but always leading just with like the facts um, is really, really helpful and framing it in terms of business impact. Because if you start out with how it made you feel, it's really easy, especially being female, like for people to dismiss it. Document, 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 right? That is the most um, important thing. And even for these difficult conversations, like I've written it out and, you know, pulled up my screen and said, hey, I'm going to read this off. Like I, this is a really difficult conversation for me to have, but I feel like I really need to give you this feedback. And so I prepared this. I'm going to read it off to you and let's reflect and discuss. So don't be shy or feel like you have to memorize that. Um, Right. It's, I think that's, that toolkit has really helped me handle tough situations and move forward. I guess the last question, it's interesting. Recently, I've gotten a lot of questions around best practices on -on one-on-ones with your managers um, Uh from different mentees or just also um, like in my, I do a lot of work with partners in school innovation, nonprofit, and recently gave a talk there about best practices for one-on-ones. And it was interesting. I, I haven't been asked a lot about this, but I think it's a really important topic that people forget to discuss. And I guess yeah, my yeah. tips there really um, try to make sure that it's not just a update meeting or a status meeting, mm-hmm, right? Like with mm-hmm. all of um, the people on my team, we have private one-on-one docs where we'll also try to put questions or updates, et cetera, during mm-hmm. the week and even write it there so that in the meeting, we can actually talk about problem solving. We're not just kind of talking at each other, giving an update. Um, mm-hmm. And I think too, right, if that one-on-one, I usually try to have an hour per week with anyone on my team, anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, depending on how busy we are. But I think too, like, don't be afraid to ask for more time with your manager support on a deep dive, right? If you really need to talk about something and it's, you don't have time in the one-on-one, set up another time to dig in. And then last but not least, right? If I think all companies have some form of, you know, personal development plan or talking about career trajectory, et cetera, make sure you have a dedicated one-on-one for that or set up a separate session. So that gets attention to, because I noticed a lot of people kind of fall into this trap of their one-on-one, it's 30 minutes per week. And sometimes it's like Monday morning and it just becomes a straight up status update. Like try to have that happen in documentation or over email or, or, you know, in Slack, just so that you can use that time with your manager to problem solve or learn, advocate yourself. And I will also say, try to avoid Monday and Friday. This is just my own personal tip. Try to avoid Monday and Friday for one-on-ones because Monday, like everyone's getting caught up from the weekend. Um, and then Friday, right? Yeah. It's, it's the end of the week, right? You're, you're gonna wait over the weekend and forget. I, I always try to do yeah. Tuesday or Wednesday, ideally. Thursday, not the end of the world, That's but. That's a good tip. But yeah, cause then if you have a problem, you have time with your manager to solve it and you got a couple of days before the end of the mm-hmm. week, right? Yes. Or you can send your manager pre-reads and prepare for the one-on-one Monday. So that is something that mm-hmm. personally has helped me a lot. And, um, that's kind of the structure I use with my team too for my direct reports. What are some like best practices that you think mentees should or shouldn't do when trying to seek mentorship in the industry, especially if it's like cold outreach? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that men, if some, if you're looking for a mentor versus an intro chat, I think it's important to start with a intro chat, right? And the best outreaches I've had have been, you know, really thoughtful and clear asking, you know, telling a little bit about what, you know, why do you want to talk to me and me in particular, right? If it's super generic 
copy paste. I've had people send me messages that say Spotify instead of SoundCloud and oh, it cracks no. me up. Um, I'm like, uh, did you read oh, or what's, no. what's going on? I mean, and it's, um, I mean, I get it. It's an honest mistake, but I'm sure you too, like I, I get like I don't, hundreds of, you know, people trying to add me to their network. Yeah, and yeah. I once in a while try to come through tons of messages. And I think the best ones have just like really, it shows they looked at my profile and they were super thoughtful. And sometimes it takes me a month or two or four months to get back to them because it's buried, but yeah, no, I will yeah. respond. Um, or I think people give advice being like, Oh, ask them when they want to talk next week. But to me, like, I'm just like, sometimes I say, I'm busy. Like, could you reach out in May? And, yeah, you know, yeah. re- I recently had to tell someone like, please reach out to me in May. I just have so much, so many things going on in my personal and professional life or I'm catching up on my mentee backlog from yeah, yeah, a year yeah. ago. And I've done that in the past and only one person followed up. And so yeah. that kind of showed me that they a lot of serious. people are just, um, yeah, we're not serious. And I think what's been difficult sometimes I take an intro call and I get, I'm all about being a go-getter, but I also think it's important to be respectful of people's time. And mm-hmm. I think the person or the people were just like, okay, yeah, we'll follow up with you in one month and tell you our status update. And I was like, whoa, I didn't agree to, to, um, this. Like I agreed to an intercall. It was almost yeah, like they yeah, were yeah. assuming this was the start of a long-term relationship, yeah, yeah, yeah. which, um, it definitely was, I'm not able <laughs> to take that on right now. And <laughs> for me, it's, I definitely dedicate most of my time to like, friends of friends or if there's folks giving me really thoughtful outreach mm-hmm. on LinkedIn um, or through formal programs like first round that are mm-hmm. really structured um, or at work. I also meant, I think I'm mentoring three different people at work and one of those was through a pro program. One of those was through an intro, but one was a cold, like a, I guess, cold in quotes outreach at work. And I took her on because she was so thoughtful and, and you know why she wanted to work with me and also like super respectful of my time without making any assumptions. So I get people have to ask, um, but don't get upset when people say no, if you mm. ask for introductions, especially if, like I've met with people who I do not have a relationship with and they start asking me for intros and I am usually not, I'm not comfortable giving those yeah. because I don't know them. Right. And yeah. I need to be respectful of my network's time too. I, you clearly have a lot of experience. <laughs> yeah. And oh, oh my gosh. Last but not least, if you do get the meeting, um, I think that I have had some meetings where people came and they had no questions to ask oh, me. Oh, those are so awkward. I I've felt had that a before. Little, I felt so awkward and I was like, did I scare this person? Or it just, I just felt so bad after because it was... Yeah. So yeah, yeah, right. Like no questions. And I was like, wait, like, do I ask you questions? Do I just sit here? What do I do? I mean, like, just ask me, Yeah, you know, you schedule this meeting, you got to ask me some questions or I have the opposite where, right? Like, I think it's different if I've already established a mentor relationship with someone Mm -hmm. and you have like any and every question ask me. But if it's in an intro call and you start asking me questions, you can Google like, what is Jira? I'm going to get a little frustrated because yeah, yeah. you could have Googled what Jira is. If you asked me, you know, what do you think of Jira and how have you used it at work? Uh, yeah, I think that is, you know, a really thoughtful question, but to just ask me things you can Google or is like, I'm just like, okay, well, like, why, own. why am I here? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Please no. do your homework. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. You know, at the beginning of your career, you're like, I'll take anything I can get. And then later on, you become more senior and you're like, wait a minute, I'm actually pretty Mm -hmm. badass and I should be valued. So then when you are at the stage and you're assessing a new company or a new opportunity, what are some like green or red flags that you look for or check boxes that you want to fill 
to make sure that you are completely being valued and your time is is worthwhile? I love, yeah. Oh my gosh, Chloe. I love, love, love this question. And I think it's so critical, um, you know, not just for people, you know, looking for a new job, but also yeah. for, you know, me and you, like who are in our careers and um, just assessing your environment, right? Um, especially if you're skilled and qualified, people are knocking at your door all the time. So you're always trying to understand um, what's my trajectory here? You know, am I happy here? And so I think where do, where do I start? Um, I think at the beginning, right, I was just like, any product manager job, I don't care, just like, I gotta get my foot in the door. (laughs) Like, I'll be an intern, I'll do it part time, anything, anything. Um, and I think that, yeah, it, in reflecting, honestly, I definitely made a lot of mistakes that I know I should have avoided. And one of them, my mentor taught me and he said, Kristen, do you, one question I learned was, Kristen, do you have faith and do you respect the executive leadership of this company? How are they treating people? What are their values? And if your answer to that is no, should not be working there. Uh. <laughs> and so at one place, my answer was no. And he was like, whoa, no, this is toxic and horrible. Like, we got to get you out. Um, this, like, how can, like, you, this is just not good for your health, right? Like yeah. your mental, emotional, physical health even. And so I think that, um, and to take a step back to, right, the framework I've sort of keep in my mind and share with a lot of my mentees is, you know, one, any opportunity, think about the kind of personal career opportunity you have there. So your trajectory, how you grow, Mm -hmm. um, you have to think about it before between, you know, just that job. So when I looked at Twitch, okay, I said, senior product manager, data insights, like, if I stay at Twitch, like, and I want to learn more about, um, you know, B2C or work closer with viewers or streamers or specialize in these areas. Can I make these moves here? Can I grow in this org? So thinking about like the opportunity itself, what are you going to learn, et cetera, like skills and how does that fit into your own career path? Mm-hmm. Of course, like super important. That's actually, I think what most people think about and then we forget the rest. So we'll do anything to get that. Mm-hmm. And so the other pieces that I think are so important and I wish I did not deprioritize in my early career. This was one of my biggest mistakes is your manager. Your manager is so critical to your career success. And if you have a manager who's not just a people manager, but a good leader, a sponsor, a um, mentor, and also something really important for me, um, I think is I want a manager who has expertise in that domain. So for example, I want a manager who used to be an expert product I see. Like I need, I know for myself, like I need that to like respect them in a sense. Uh Um, Unless, right, if I'm reporting directly to CEO, that's totally different thing, right? But um, I think like, so my Mm -hmm. manager at Pinterest, Leon, like I was so excited to work with him because he was one of the first engineers at Pinterest and I don't have a technical background and he became a product manager, but he was a software engineer before and studied computer science at Stanford. And so when I went to Pinterest, I was so excited to work with him because I knew I was just going to learn so much Mm. from him um, in that, in that regard. So I think really think about um, your manager and what you're going to learn from them and how they're going to grow, grow you and make sure it's a fit. I think earlier in my career, I was like, it's fine, whatever. I can take care of myself. I don't care. Yeah. Like, why should I care who my manager is? Um, but definitely, um, think about that. And I will say it's hard because you might think about your, 
manager and then you might get switched, right? Like yeah, to another team and you, you don't know, or maybe that person doesn't have management experience and it turns out to be different, but yeah, you just, you just, um, you just don't, don't know. So it's not always going to be perfect, but definitely like think about that. And if mm-hmm. you're interviewing and you don't know yet, have more calls with your manager yeah. to figure that out. Um, and make sure it's a good match. Um, that's something I did. Um, Dan managed me at SoundCloud and I had a ton of, chats with him and Jill, the CPO, to understand if it was a good fit. And I could really, really learn from them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and if we got along, right? Um, and I think last but not least, something that I de-emphasized earlier in my career because I was like, oh, I'm so badass. I can survive anything. I don't care about the culture. Um, should definitely <laughs> care about if the culture is a good fit. And this goes back into like toxic work environment. Yeah. Um, like think about the company culture as a whole. Try to back channel and ask people who work at the company or used to work at the company. Mm-hmm. Is this team good? Is mm-hmm. this org good? Like, what is it like? What's the culture of this org and this team versus others? Um, that is something I used to honestly not get not care about at all and I was like I can survive anything it's worth it it's worth it um yeah it's different cultures can be really toxic in overt or more subtle ways Uh and I think one thing that I that was hard for me at Twitch was that at LinkedIn um it was really um the team I was on was really diverse um there were a lot of women you know people of color etc it was really great like strong female leadership mm-hmm. and insights but when i went to twitch at the time i joined the developer org um i think that i was the only female product manager at the time oh. um we had another one amazing one joined later but then it was just two of us within our org and then mm-hmm. um also, there were no other female like engineering managers or leaders. And um, people used to make comments to me and they're like, oh, your team is so diverse. You have two female engineers, Kristen. And I was like horrified. Oh. Um, and so, yeah, I just I just share that because going in, I was like, oh, like, I don't care. Like, I've done this before. Like, I, I love games. It's going to be fine. And yeah. it really affected me. I mean, I did it, but it honestly affected me. Um way more than I realized. Yikes. And it was really hard. Um, so definitely um, learn from my mistakes if you can. And really, um, yeah, think about that. Like I definitely just went for opportunity over anything else. But just like think about how long you want to be there. If th- you get those red flags, like, you know, I don't think people have ever said, right, like, oh, I wish I waited to speak up or I wish I wish I waited to leave. Like you don't hear that a no, lot. No. So now I've definitely learned you get that gut feeling, like act on it or like yeah. think about like what what is causing that gut feeling. Like trust your gut. That was Kristen Chen, product leader who's worked at the most prestigious tech companies focused on the creator economy. As perfect as her path seemed, it came with lots of challenges, deliberation, and uncertainty. Especially as a woman of color, she's truly had to break through boundaries that hold many of us back. I hope the frameworks, reflections, and advice she's shared gives you some food for thought on how you'd want to navigate your own path. If you've learned something today, please do share your thoughts on the Colors of Chloe YouTube channel on the video where we feature Kristen. Your support helps us have more of these insightful conversations. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time. Bye.